So, Father in heaven, I just pray that you would be with us in this time, Lord. Help uh, us to hear and understand uh, your word today. Lord, and I just ask that you would uh, speak to our hearts and to our minds, Lord, that we would better understand the things that are here in your word, Lord, because sometimes they're not always the easiest things to understand. Lord, I just know that you will um, use me, Lord, and uh, just to speak to these men, Lord, anything that's going on in their lives, Lord, we just lift up to you. Lord, it doesn't matter what it is, you know everything and you know what they need. Lord, may they humble themselves to place these requests in front of you. Lord, we just thank you. We praise you. May all glory and honor be to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. <clears throat> I'm going to start at verse 8. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Instead, share in the suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God. He has saved us and called us a <clears throat> with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose by grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. This has now been made evident through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has abolished death and has brought to brought life and immortality. Yeah, immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel, I was appointed a herald, apostle, and teacher. And that is why I suffer these things. But I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to guard what has been entrusted to me until that day. So this letter comes from the Apostle Paul. We've all heard of the Apostle Paul, right? He's one of the most, prob probably the most famous apostle at this point because he wrote so much of the New Testament, right? No. So... Didn't Luke write a bunch of the New Testament too? Just two. At least two books. Two books. Two books. Two books? Yeah. Yes. Luke and Acts. And John. Okay. Yeah, John wrote a bunch as well. But Paul is pretty well credited with writing a lot. Right. So he is writing to one of his disciples slash apprentice slash child in the faith. Right? This is... Paul helped bring him up in faith, right? He helped him grow and all this stuff. So he is writing to him and he's telling him a bunch of these things. First, he, he starts out with thanksgiving in the, in the passage beforehand. Okay? He is thanking God for the relationship that he has with Timothy and also for what God has done in his own life. Okay, that's just for a little bit of context. But he, then he goes on and he tells Timothy, don't be ashamed that you have been called to proclaim the gospel, to, to share the word of God. Don't be ashamed of that. Yeah? And that's something that we can all really learn. Right? Romans tells us to not be ashamed of the gospel, which is another one by Paul. And now we see it here. He tells his apprentice or his disciple to not be ashamed of the gospel, but to go out and proclaim it no matter the circumstances that he's in. And this is where most of us will probably struggle. How many of us are really adept to going out and sharing our, sharing, sharing our faith? Some of us are, right? But many of us are not, right? Because we don't like the idea of getting judged 
by people for proclaiming the gospel. We don't like the idea of people coming against us and hating us because we're sharing the gospel. We don't want persecution. But Jesus pretty well warned us that we're going to be persecuted, that we're going to suffer, and that we need to go out and proclaim the gospel and the truth of Christ no matter what. Right? But because we're all just... Most of the time, we're so inside ourselves, we'd rather not share with people. And that's one of the things that I think we need to learn, is that we got to get outside of ourselves, right? It's not us they're rejecting if they're rejecting Christ. They're rejecting Christ. So we don't have to be worried about what they think about us, right? The whole idea is that we die to ourselves, right, and let Christ live through us. That's why we get the Holy Spirit, so that the Spirit can lead and guide us. Right? Peter didn't become a bold proclaimer of the gospel until he had the Holy Spirit dwelling within him. Right? Even when Jesus initially sent them out two by two to go into the different areas of Galilee and Jerusalem and those areas, he still sent them out by two and he had to breathe on them the Holy Spirit so that they could have boldness to go out and do what they did. Okay? But now every believer gets the Holy Spirit. The moment that you have faith in Christ, we all get the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will give you the boldness to go out and proclaim the gospel. How many of you, when you first became a believer, you were like, I'm going to go share with everybody? Why did that die? Shame. Right? That's a good question, though, right? Why did my, my fire? The fire that was placed within me by the Spirit die for sharing the gospel. I don't think it died. I think we, we just you're going through life and the intention pushes you on. Huh? You know what I mean? Right. Family, all that. I'll just take the back seat. What you're saying? Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, but it it kind of dies. I don't, I don't think we well, don't really love you. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't have as much faith in God. Right, but I mean, so that would be almost the exact same thing as quenching the spirit, right? And the Bible describes for us that the more we quench the spirit, the less and less the spirit's going to have any involvement in our lives until eventually it completely dies out, right? Yeah. You know, so we let all the cares and all the worries of the world get in our way of going and doing what Jesus has called us and actually commanded us to go do. Right, there go for, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right? We're actually supposed to be doing these things. But because we've let things kind of dim and dim and dim until there's nothing left, we don't go out and do it. And he's saying that you need to not be ashamed of the gospel. Go out and proclaim it, right? And there's no indicator here that Timothy was actually experiencing this. Okay? That, that he's actually experiencing a lessening of his proclaiming of the gospel. However, Paul is just taking care of the matter before it were to happen, right? Because it can happen to anybody. It doesn't matter how strong you are in faith. Sooner or later, something could happen that's going to shake you up. Something could happen where you're going to go, eh, is it really that important? The answer is, is it is. It really is that important. Okay? 
if the God of the universe asks you to do it, you do it. Right? And instead, we're going, do you really want me to? Do you really want me to do that? Right? And what did Jesus tell us? He said that if you deny me before others, I'll deny you before my Father. Right? Because being ashamed of the gospel is pretty much the exact same thing as saying, I'm kind of ashamed of Jesus. I'm not really a follower of him. I am in my heart, but you know, that's my personal faith. It's to myself. It's, 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 it's for me to have in private. Jesus never said that your faith is private to you. Right? He described throughout that three years he's with the disciples of being out and sharing it and showing people what it truly means to follow him. Right? And that's that dying to self and letting him live through you. And so, like I said, there's no indicator here that that's what's happening to him. But he's saying that, look, live in the power of God, which is the Holy Spirit that is within you. Rely on it. Follow it. Let your light shine in the world. Right? Be in the world, but not of the world. It says, go out. Proclaim the gospel. It doesn't matter how hard it is. Just do it. Do you have a question, Brandon? What is it? <laughs> you can wait till after. No, no. I was just going to ask if you knew off the top of your head where um, that quote is that you can if you deny you before others, I'll deny you before the Father. I don't know it off the top of my head, but I will get it to you. <laughs> I wrote it down and just like, it. Yeah. A lot of times I don't remember the address, I remember the actual verse. <laughs> Okay. Oh. In one of the gospels. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be in one of those gospels. <laughs> I will. I will get it. Okay. Right. And so he continues the encouragement in saying he saved us and called us with a holy calling. Right. Being holy is very different than just being good. Right? Because being holy is a whole nother level. Right? To be holy, you have to be perfect. Right? So he calls us to a perfect calling. Right? The calling is to follow him. Right? The one who makes you perfect. Right? None of us can be perfect on our own. No matter how hard we try. Hey, no amount of going to confession, no amount of things that you can do, no amount of times that you lead somebody to Christ is going to get you into heaven. None of those things make you perfect. Only Jesus does. Jesus in his righteousness, in his perfection, gets given to us when we believe in him. That's called justification. Okay? Another big word would be it is imputed onto us. It is given to us freely upon faith. Okay? Right? Because we are saved by grace through faith. So that it is not of works. And that's in Ephesians. Paul was very adamant over the fact that it's not works that saves us. It is God by our faith that saves us. So if you're sitting here today and you're thinking, man, I got to do a lot of stuff for God in order to get stuff from God. That's not true. You get the greatest gift for free. Right? 
How would it be if I gave you, like if I said, you know what? I just got another car. I got this, I got this F-150 sitting out there and I just gave it to you. Would you think that, man, I am gonna do a, a whole bunch of stuff for you in order to earn this from you? After I already told you it's a gift, right? If I told you it's a gift, why would you then go, well, hold on to it so I can, until I can pay you for it, right? That's the same thing with God. God's going, I'm giving you a free gift and you want to work in order to get it. How about you work after you've gotten it, right? That's the whole idea that we do good works because we've been given such a great gift in Christ. Not so we can earn from him, but because we've already been given something. Okay? So he's, he's in this state of just encouraging Timothy, right? Saying that you've been called to a high calling, a perfect calling. Go out and use it. Use that calling to bring people to Christ. And one of the greatest joys you'll ever have is helping somebody realize that Jesus died for them rose for them isn't at the right hand of the father for them and all it takes is placing your faith in him to be saved all right watching somebody walk into the light and then be filled with the light there is a lot of joy in seeing that hey that's why a lot of times you get preachers who will go you know, I'd love you to all stand up or I'd like you to raise your hands if you gave your life to Jesus tonight because there's joy in that and we want to celebrate that, right? Right. If you're a believer in here, have you ever led somebody to understanding the truth of Christ and you've been so overjoyed when they got it? Why would we not want to ride that high? I mean, because it is. It is kind of a high. You know? The idea there is that there's this emotional high that, that will strike you because the Spirit is rejoicing within you along with all the angels over even one sinner who repents. Hey, when you celebrate over somebody coming to Christ, you are celebrating with the host of heaven. And they're probably more excited than you. God himself is going to be throwing a party whenever somebody comes to Christ in faith. One of the reasons that we can understand that this calling is so great and so grand, and one of the reasons that we can go out and do this is because Jesus defeated death. And if Jesus defeated death, we no longer have to fear death. Right, like I talked about on Tuesday in Acts 2, it says that, that he loosed the pangs of death. Death no longer has control over the believer because the second you take your last breath is the second that you get to be with the Lord. So really, death no longer matters. That's one of the reasons we can be so bold as to go out and proclaim the gospel because it shouldn't matter if somebody shoots you or not. Hey, back in back in in the first century and the second century and third century, they were willing to die. They rejoiced if they were persecuted. Right? They showed up at somebody's house and said, We were put in prison and beat for Jesus. Yeah, let's worship. They were excited over it. 
And here, if we put Jesus in, in our Facebook profile and somebody goes, I can't believe you put Jesus in your Facebook profile. Oh, you stupid Christians. Always pushing your views on people. We'll go and delete it because we don't want to be persecuted. Or we'll stop posting about the things of God. We won't share a scripture that really stuck out to us because we don't want to be persecuted. They might be able to kill you, but they can't kill your body and soul. Only God can do that. Right? Should not matter. What should matter is that we have this, this understanding that even Paul is having here, right? Because he has that understanding that, that for the gospel he was appointed. As, as a herald, as an apostle. Now, granted, none of us are going to be apostles, but we get that idea that we too can herald the good news of Jesus. We too can go out and proclaim the words that are in this book, right? If you believe it's true, why not go out and share it? When we could easily grab it, Learn some of the learn some of what's being taught in it and go out and teach others. Right? We could go out. We understand the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. It's easy to go and tell people about that. Right? The most unloving thing for us to do is to keep it to ourselves. The most unloving thing to do is to not tell people about it and let them live in their sin. God didn't call us to be unloving. He called us to be loving. Right? He even says in 1 John that you will know them by their love. Right? It's our love for one another, the brothers and sisters in Christ, that will make evident to outsiders that something is different and I should want what they have. God is the one who is able to keep this faith within us no matter what comes our way. Right? We can trust God to keep to help us stay faithful, to lead us and guide us. Right? Again, He gave us His Spirit to within to, to dwell within us so that we can we can go out and do this work. Right? Not so we can earn something from God, but because we've been given such a great great gift in Christ. Right? So, I don't know the individual things that you're struggling with. I might know some of the things, but I don't know the individual things you're all struggling with. Okay? But God does. And you can ask Him to help you in those areas. And the answers you're going to get are going to be yes, no, and not yet. Right? Because maybe he's not done letting you experience something. Because those experiences can be used to speak to others that you encounter in your life. Right? I have gone through many things in my life and God has graciously used those things to help others. That's one of the reasons I'm here. But we have all, as believers, been called to a high calling of proclaiming the gospel and helping do that work of people coming to Him. Okay? So, 
If you struggle in that area, let me encourage you. Trust the Spirit and let Him work through you. Okay? If you're not a believer, I encourage you to surrender your life to Jesus right now. Place your faith in Him. Hey, He'll take you. He is ready for you to be with Him. Hey, if you're not ready, I get it. Try not to wait too long. Because you never know when you might, might be your last minute. Father in heaven, we praise you. We thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for what you've done in this room tonight. And Lord, I just ask that you would be with uh, the requests that have been made tonight, Lord, for the calmness of mind to know that you got things handled, Lord, or for the praise of just things going well, Lord. And Lord, we do pray that you would maybe help in the area of removing slanderous things, Lord. Lord, we just pray for those who have struggled in the area of proclaiming the gospel, Lord. Would you help them, Lord, and know that you are with them, Lord, to go out and proclaim your word. And Lord, we pray for the rest of this evening that you would just protect us, guide us as we move forward into the night. Lord, we pray for the food, Lord, and that uh, you would just use it to um, nourish Lord, we thank you for the, the, the men that helped prepare it and those who are going to help serve it. Lord, we just thank you and everything, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful evening, guys.